Welcome back to the Global Quick Influence Podcast. I'm Panayota Pimenidou. To be up to date with news from the Global Quick Influence Podcast and suggest your topics, subscribe, like, and review the Global Quick Influence Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Amazon Music, and four more podcasting platforms. You can contact the Global Quick Influence through the podcast, Facebook, and Twitter accounts, the podcast website, globalquickinfluence.com and LinkedIn page. Making decisions at a personal, professional, also collective level, especially in times of crisis, is a process we tend to avoid or we foresee the uncertainties entailed. Research, also as in developing new technologies, involves uncertainty. Our times, those of the pandemic, a possible war, a transitioning economy, society models and norms due to climate change and its effects on the economy make our decision-making process uninviting. We would all wish we could make better and faster decisions, which was my question to Professor Psychoyos, whose expertise is in leadership and complexity science, organizational neuroscience, international human resource management, small and medium enterprise management. Wow, it's a, it's a big field. Decision-making is a huge field and has been approached by a variety of different scientific fields, psychology, behavioral economics, um, systems thinking. It's, 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 it's a, a lot of things that you can say here. Look, in your neuroscience, of course. Look, I would, I would, I would say what I'm saying uh, in, in the book that uh, if, 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 we, if we think that there are, we make daily a lot of decisions, okay? Some of these decisions, very, very important decisions, definitely we have at the moment magnificent technologies to help us. Big data, for example, analysis is one of them. I'm not referring to this type of decisions. Okay, let me, let me clear this out. I'm referring to the decisions that we need to make as managers, as leaders inside organizations every single day. What we try to do is to collect information around the decision and based on the analysis of this information to uh, make the decision. This, this model, this concept, this idea is clear. The problem is that, first of all, how do you know that you have identified the proper information? One. Two. How do you know that this is enough information in order to make the decision? Three, even if you have a lot of information around the decision, pieces and pieces of information, how do you know that um, um, you can? How do you know that uh, you can analyze this information? So, based on these three limitations, my suggestion is: if you want to make faster decisions, not the proper decision of time, but faster decision is try to focus on few pieces of information. Anyway, you cannot process a lot of pieces of information biologically in your brain and take the decision. Okay, um, one. Two, if you are not sure, because one thing that definitely um, blinds our decision-making ability is the biases. There is no any magical way to avoid them. All of us, we have biases. But what you can do is to take the decision, as I said before, based on 
small portion of information, but do not spell it out. Do not do it. Give yourself the benefit of the doubt and take a pause for one minute, for one day, for one week, for one month, depending on the decision, of course, and think about it again. If during your second process of thinking, based on a similar information, you end up with the same result, then do it. Potentially, statistically speaking, most probably you are right. So what I'm suggesting in order to sum up, don't open yourself in a lot of information in order to faster to take faster decisions. Two, give yourself the benefit of the doubt, take a pause and think again by between time one and time two, of course, leave a little bit of time. How much time? It's up to you to, to, to judge. These two, I think, ideas can help you take faster and statistically the, the chances, again, uh, are with you to take most probably the correct decisions. Typical example is, for example, to the evaluation of someone or, or whether to do this or the other thing in terms of, um, of um, recruitment to select someone to do a particular job. The, all of these things are decisions uh, that they need to be made in a, in, a, in a fast way and many others, hundreds of others. In these kind of decisions, I think that these two rules can help us. Professor Phoebe Kuduri is a professor at the Athens University of Economics and Business and at the Department of Technology, Management and Economics of the Technical University of Denmark. I asked Professor Kuduri how systems thinking can be used as foresight tool under uncertainty in the episode Systems Thinking of Decision-Making for Sustainable Development. Professor Kuduri is chair of the UN Sustainable Development Solutions Network, Global Climate Hub, co-chair of the United Nations Sustainable Development Solutions Network for Europe and Greece, co-chair of the Sustainable Development Solutions Network, European Green Deal Senior Working Group, and commissioner to the Lancet COVID-19 Commission. Many see foresight can better inform us for making decisions, and one might say that systems thinking is a foresight tool. How can we make the best decisions under the uncertainty of current rapid global changes And one might take away from your answer also some key uh, ideas, even for their personal lives. Making optimal decisions is very difficult uh, because, like you said, Panayota, of the uncertainty. And unfortunately, we are not just facing uncertainty because of all these multiple crises. We are facing ambiguity. Even as, as scientists, all the scientific fields or almost all the scientific fields are facing at the moment ambiguity. We don't know. We don't have enough evidence to calculate the probabilities of the uncertain events. So we are in a world of, of ambiguity, very little information about what is going to happen in the future because the crises are very complicated and unprecedented. And because of that, any um, attempt to forecast uh, how things will evolve is 
extremely difficult. And as economists, we, which is one of the sciences or the science on rational decision making, at the moment, we don't have a model. We don't have a, a model on which there is agreement that this is how people behave and make decisions when they are faced with ambiguity, with deep uncertainty. So we are really in a situation where it is difficult uh, to, to forecast. But we have to act, and we have to act now. So we cannot wait to gather more information and more data. And I think what can be done is first agree on where we are and try to talk to each other between our personal lives in the society as a whole, between people in one nation, between people in continents and across the world. We need to agree where we are. And that is why SDGs are so important. The SDGs is the only global agenda, together, of course, with the Charter of Human Rights, is the only global agenda. 193 countries have agreed that this is our future plan. This is where we want to base our investment decisions. So we have that agreement. We know that this framework is good enough in terms of allow, allowing us resilience, maximum resilience possible given what we know today. So let's agree where each country stands against these SDGs and let's try to find with the knowledge that we have today, the information, the scientific knowledge, as I said, is a very science and data hectic framework. So we need to listen to the scientists and the scientists need to become open to the interface between the society and, and, and policymaking. And based on what we have, let's try to sketch systemic integrated pathways that are informed by serious interdisciplinary work to get us to 2050 an implementation of the SDGs is doable um, and it is also resilient. This is our way to hedge against catastrophes because we know that Many tipping points are coming. We need to be prudent. We need to safeguard what we have. And in order to do this, we need to understand exactly the value of all that we have and use that in order to sustain our welfare in this generation and in the next. Speaking about decision-making in times of crisis and using collaboration as a tool for dynamic relationships to overcome uncertainty, I asked Professor Psychoyos, during times of crisis and global changes, we tend to turn inwards and see cooperation and multilateralism fading. Yet, that is when we should strive for collaboration and joint teamwork. What are the keys to 
and how could we develop dynamic relationships under crisis and global changes? Oh. <laughs> um, yes, you are right. This is happening usually when we have to deal with a crisis situation. We we are more, much more inward. However, and uh, this is something that all of us we need to understand. And this is something not it's coming from my lips as my opinion, but this is something that is coming from neuroscience, is that biologically we are programmed to collaborate. In collaboration, our survival is hidden, not in our ability to survive in an isolated environment by ourselves. Uh, to belong in a group, to collaborate with a group, and all together to achieve something is a necessity for a human. And the same applies in professional and not professional circumstances. Um, again, the, the role of leadership, especially during a crisis period, is, is, is amazingly important. The leader is the one that will... Um, um, symbolize the way that we're not, we, we need to deal with a crisis. If the leader will uh, behave in an inward way, obviously will be copied by the followers. But if the leaders understand that this is the time that we need to listen more, to discuss with each other, to um, admit fear, because crisis, the, the, the dominant emotion that um, um, is present during a crisis is fear. And it's not, it's not, you know, a weakness to admit fear as a leader. It's not weakness to say to the others, I understand your fears. And for example, during this critical period of time, uh, what you need to mainly concern is about your, your families, your, your, your spouses, your own people. And we are here as an organization and as a group in order to support you. These are the things that people, they want to hear. Not the things that, you know, uh, pretend that nothing is happening, business as usual and stuff like that. Because no matter what you're going to say to your people, if the crisis is coming, then they are going to find ways to save themselves. I had the opportunity uh, at the beginning of, of this unfortunate war um, that is happening in the moment to, to give an online seminar to Ukrainians. Uh, Ukrainians, uh, business managers, uh, uh, online uh, during the first um, uh, the first two months and, and actually I, it was under the series of repeated seminars especially that started with COVID crisis and uh, I was saying to them exactly the same that it is important to show this uh, um, um, this sense of collaboration this sense of we are a team we are a group we are all together to your people in order to convince them to do the same with with um, their own people as well. Um, because collaboration for me is the key. And uh, believe it or not, biologically speaking, we are programmed, let me use this term, we are programmed to collaborate. The more information we provide, the more information will be asked. To avoid getting from analysis to paralysis, and to take faster decisions, we might not expose ourselves to a lot of information. Systemic thinking can provide a collaborative framework to inform us on our future decisions, especially when ambiguity and uncertainty are dominant around us. 
To make people feel safe, we need to let them realize the situation by themselves and recognize the ability of their brains to survive, to be in position to act. Thank you all for staying until the end. Stay tuned for another podcast episode and get notified by subscribing and following on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music and five more podcasting platforms. Your feedback and suggestions also help us become better. Until next time.